Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded on March 10th in the beautiful Hampton Inn and Suites, Duluth, Georgia. Tonight, it's just a travel mashup. Thanks for listening. Hello. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And like I had said in the intro, I am in Duluth, Georgia for a very quick turn and burn and actually decided to drive up here and not contend with all the people in the airports with the threat of the coronavirus. So as I typically try to do tonight, I am drinking local with a Terrapin out of Athens, Georgia, with their Hoppin' Bubbly Brute IPA, weighing in at a hefty 6.5 APV. And here's the best part. This is brewed in collaboration with Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. So we'll see how this goes down. So we have a lot of ground to cover this week. We're going to start with politics, believe it or not. Southwest Airlines and their on-time rankings, throwing a little bit Saturday Night Live, throwing some spring break destinations. We're going to talk about the Roni. We're going to talk about the coveted open seat and then finish it up with a bit of humor. So if you've spent any time listening to the podcast, you know that it's rare that I ever get political but it's time to stick my toe in the proverbial political waters. It turns out that campaign brain is a thing, and Bernie Sanders is living proof. Bernie is on the go all the time. If you spend any time watching the news or the commercials, the man is busy. Well, this seems to have given him a momentary case of campaign brain or a campaign brain fart as he accidentally boarded the wrong private Gulfstream jet between two campaign stops in South Carolina and Massachusetts. So if that's never, ever a real-world problem, I mean, do you put an underscore between a hashtag real underscore world underscore problems or just capitalize each letter? Getting on the wrong Gulfstream, I could only imagine not remembering what my Gulfstream looks like. Luxury travel has its challenges, too. Maybe Bernie should have taken a picture of his Gulfstream with his jitterbug flip phone. AviationPros.com posted Southwest didn't have the 737 MAX for nine months in 2019, but still boosted its on-time rankings. In 2019, Southwest had its lowest complaint rate in four years and its best on-time performance percentage since 2016 and the lowest rate of mishandled baggage since 2004. I'm a fan of Southwest. Uh, how they turn a plane between people getting off and back on in under 30 minutes is amazing. But even without having the 737 MAX, they, you know, they've lost a couple hubs. They've lost a ton of flights doing, due to the uh, 737 MAX debacle. You know what? They still managed to keep and actually boost their on-time rankings. Hats off to you, Southwest. I grew up on Saturday Night Live. John Belushi, Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, Bill Murray. The list goes on and on. And actually, Bill Murray, who is uh, 
part of one of the greatest movies of all time, Caddyshack. I was fortunate enough to eat at his Caddyshack or Murphy Murray Brothers restaurant up uh, just a little bit south of Jacksonville this past week. Typical bar food, definitely a shrine to Bill Murray and his brother, but a, a fun way to spend the afternoon either way. You know, over the past years, it's been more hit or miss with SNL for me. Maybe I'm just getting older. Maybe I'm just getting crankier. However, their February 29th episode offered up a Broadway-style skit focusing on the armpit of all airports, LaGuardia. The best line in the whole skit was, everybody at LaGuardia goes to Chicago. You know, from airport sushi, which is a no-no, unless you happen to be connecting or going in and out of Charlotte, to David Byrne of the Talking Heads dressed as a ramp agent right down to the reflective vest. The crew hit all the high notes and all the high points in well under nine minutes. I'll put a link to the video in the show notes. Definitely worth looking at. And I think also on that episode, they had a pretty good skit about the Scottish air tower control agents trying to talk down a Kylie Jenner's plane. Every once in a while, Saturday Night Live still manages to hit it out of the park. Spring break. Either you are in the middle of it or it is just right around the corner. But U.S. News just released their list of top 10 spring break destinations. For me, U.S. News is not the end-all to be-all when it comes to travel destinations, but you know what? They took a pretty decent shot at it. You know, I'm sure with the coronavirus going on, some of these places will have plenty of vacancies for you and your BFFs. So, of course, right off the bat, number one is Cancun. It has all the markings and makings of a quintessential spring break getaway. You know, Miami Beach came in at number two, and again, my age and crankiness is showing but this is the last place that I would truly want to spend spring break at. I mean, short of South Beach, to me, there's just not enough going on in Miami unless I have mom and dad's credit card. South Padre Island in Texas. I love Texas. I was born there. I've lived there at least twice. I can't remember the last time I ever went to South Padre. But you know what? The Gulf, whether it's on in Florida or over on the Texas side, is not a bad destination. The Bahamas, you know, growing up in South Florida and living there a couple different times, the Bahamas is an easy destination. I prefer Abaco to NASA or Bimini, which is where most of the destinations are. And actually, if we go back to the Wayback Machine, when I graduated from high school, my buddy and I took a fishing trip over to Abaco and managed to uh, do my best at banging out Jimmy Cliff drum notes on the uh, bar table that I bent my high school graduation ring that my parents had gotten me onto my finger. So that's my Bahamas story. Nevertheless, Bahamas is a great place. Good food. It's It can get a little bit pricey. More than likely, if you go over there, you're going to be staying at one of the resorts. Cabo San Lucas, never been there. I'm sure it's great. Plenty of songs written about it and plenty of tequila drink, drunk there. Puerto Vallarta, Mexico is a spring break vacation made for the night aisles, thanks to its scores of nightclubs and music venues. But hey, if you're you know, late teens or early 20s, probably not a bad spot. Jamaica came in at number seven. What's not to love about reggae music, cream-colored beaches, and all-inclusive resorts? Best part about Jamaica is they sell red-stripe beer 
in a clear bottle as well as Bex beer in a clear bottle has a little bit higher alcohol content. So there's your pro-life tip for today's episode. Punta Cana, I have a business trip planned here for June. Definitely looking forward to it. Don't know what's going to happen with the whole coronavirus thing, but right now it's a go. Number nine was Panama City Beach, Florida. They call this the Redneck Riviera for a reason. That being said, I'd rather spend a week here than in Miami. There's been countless TV shows and MTV spots written about Panama and that whole area. Definitely worth investigating, again, especially if you are in your late teens or early 20s. And then finishing it up, number 10 was Playa del Carmen. So I am here to tell you that all three of the college students residing at the dorm of Chateau Relaxo are on spring break this week, and the only place that all three of them are visiting is work. So let's talk about the Roni, or the coronavirus, as people have now basically shortened the coronavirus down to Roni, which is a stupid nickname, but things come and go. The last major cancellation is Austin South by Southwest. This is a biggie, folks. The city's mayor, Steve Adler, announced the cancellation of the 2020 South by Southwest and also declared a local state of emergency. You know, this yearly event draws an excess of 25,000 people to Austin. This will be a major revenue hit for the city. Combating the coronavirus while traveling, Chris and I talked a little bit about this Last week in the February Crazy Travel Roundup, I'm not a doctor, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. And really, I'm not doing anything any different than I normally do. Like I said in, in last week's episode with Chris, I did give a second thought about holding onto the handrail of the escalator. But other than that, got a couple tips. Uh, here are mine. Well, wash your hands, you know, in case you missed every single day of kindergarten and first grade and didn't learn, there is an endless supply of YouTube videos covering it step by step and plenty of songs that you can sing along while you wash your hands to make sure you do it long enough. Lysol to go wipes. I carry these because they make great spot removers, but you know, they may be worth throwing a travel size pack, not the big round container into your luggage. You might want to wipe down a couple things in your hotel room or the uh, flip-down tray on the airplane. TV remote, probably the dirtiest thing in the hotel room next to your cell phone. So don't put your tongue on it, all right? I know you guys are freaks. Look, there's a kink for everyone. Somewhere somebody has licked a TV remote. I rarely turn on the TV hotel room. You know what? If so inclined, wipe it down with the uh, travel pack of Lysol wipes that you're carrying. Don't use non-wrapped glasses. You know, the Marriott chain loves to have glass glasses in their room. There's been plenty of videos that show you how those are cleaned or not cleaned. Stick with the pre-wrapped glasses. Ice machine. Normally, the only thing that I use the hotel ice machine for is chilling my beer in the sink. I don't put it into my beverages. Learn to drink your whiskey neat, especially if you are a man. You have no idea what goes on inside those ice machines. If you want to play tipsy bartender in your room, which I have done, take your ice bucket down to the bar, and more than likely they'll gladly fill it up. Just remember to tip the guy, maybe buy him a drink while he's doing it. Do not, and I repeat, do not sit. Don't sit. Don't sit. Don't sit. Don't lay. Don't do anything on the hotel room comforter naked. Duh. You know what? 
if you and your significant other come back from the third bar, don't do anything on the hotel comforter naked. So in case I am a total raging idiot, the CDC also encourages, get this, everyday prevention practices. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Stay home when you're sick. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue and then throw the tissue in the trash. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, especially after going to the bathroom before eating and after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. If soap and water are not readily available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer that contains anywhere from 60 to 95% alcohol. And as a side note to that, I guess because hand sanitizers are in short supply, and if any of you guys go to trade shows, you should have a backpack full of swag that is squirt on, gel, whatnot, of hand sanitizers. If you don't, Tito's Vodka actually, or their marketing guys actually released a statement, which I think was brilliant, saying that Tito's Vodka is only 40% alcohol. Do not use it as hand sanitizer. Last week's Chateau Relaxo shopping trip to Publix revealed lots of empty shelves. Almost like a hurricane was headed our way. How I knew that it wasn't a hurricane was that the beer aisle was fully stocked and intact. Living in Central Florida, hurricanes don't automatically mean imminent death for us. You know, however, there's a great chance that we will lose power and internet. And without power or internet, we typically stock up on beer to get us through the, the few days while everything gets reset up. After I got home, a quick internet search produced Publix places limits on cleaning, sanitizing purchases amid coronavirus fears. Customers can buy a maximum of two of the following items, hand soaps and hand sanitizers, rubbing alcohol, facial masks and gloves, disinfectant wipes and sprays, aerosol disinfectant sprays, facial tissue, cups, plates, utensils, and bleach. And I will actually put a couple pictures up in the blog. The bleach aisle was decimated as well as the disinfectant wipes and sprays. Of course, the Roni is impacting travel. Every single hotel and airlines that I frequent have sent me some kind of an email stating that their change fees and cancellation policies are changing due to the outbreak. Even though I hate cruises, I checked on Carnival Cruises just to see what they were offering up, and I was greeted with this on their landing page, a huge banner that said cruises from $69 per person per day, two-for-one deposits, free room upgrades. Now, look, you're not going to get a cruise for 69 bucks, but I guarantee you that that was designed to get your attention and somewhere somebody is going to click purchase. So hands up to their marketing department, who I'm sure is working overtime trying to get traffic back to the cruises. So all this coronavirus stuff got me thinking that even without the Roni, Having an open seat next to you on a plane is one of the sweet gifts in life. And it's actually more prized than an extra package of Biscoff cookies when you're on Delta. And it's really nice when that empty seat is next to you. 
So the other day I was talking to a guy in a bar, and let's just say his name was Gack and Bone again. And uh, he had a few tips that just might give you an edge on securing that neighboring empty seat. Some of you might need to check your moral compass at the gate agent. For others of you, it won't necessarily be a priority. You decide. With Southwest boarding, there's no rhyme or reason on how the plane fills up. We've talked about it countless times. Couples and families will look for seats or rows where they can sit together. Just remember, if you are on Southwest and you get a boarding pass with C on it, that stands for center seat, which is where you're going to end up sitting. And I've talked again again and again and again, my go-to seat selection on Southwest is 9C. And there's two reasons. The first reason is row one and row nine, and I think row 18 or so, are the first rows that they start serving snacks at. So immediately you're going to get your snack first. The other reason is for whatever scientific or unscientific reason is row nine seems to be where there's an empty seat. And so my thought pattern on that is the first rows fill up very quickly. Then the people in the B and C group get on with their whole families. They're looking for seats together. They're heading to the back of the plane. And then now suddenly you're left with the onesie twosies. They're looking for a seat. They're now coming back from the back of the airplane looking for that extra middle seat. And by the time they get to row nine, they've already found it. So I've had more success with sitting in row nine, seat C, for finding an empty seat 9B next to me. So just another pro tip. Here's a few not approved by anyone tactics that might tip the empty seat scale in your direction. The first one is the rogue backpack. This could also be a purse. Once seated, place your backpack in the middle seat. Direct your attention to anything besides the people coming towards you down the aisle and just wait. Eventually, somebody will stop and ask you, hey, is anyone sitting there? Now, remember, you left your moral compass with the gate agent, shrugged your shoulders, and then kind of point your thumb to one of the lavatories in the back of the plane, and then go back to whatever you were doing. More than likely, they will pass you up and keep on heading down the aisle. The next one is the puffer fish. So when a puffer fish feels threatened, it gulps huge amounts of water to puff itself up and appear bigger. Guess what? Your space is about to be threatened and you need to follow suit. Lower the armrest and get as close to it as you can. If you're traveling with a jacket, sweater, or both, put them on. Even if you have one of those novelty umbrella hats, put them all on. If you're a man, it's time to manspread. If you are a female, it's time to be as big as you imagine yourself to be. The thought is to take up as much space as possible, making that middle seat unappealing to anyone. The human Petri dish. This one gets sketchy, especially with the coronavirus, but grab your desired seat and immediately start rubbing your eyes. Get them good and red. If you're hungover, you can skip this step. Next, rub a bunch of vapor rub under your nostrils. Just slap it on there. Two things will soon happen. Your nose will become red, giving you the everybody the illusion that you are on death's doorstep, and you will smell like my grandmother's house. While people are still boarding, drop the seat back tray and place a few moist, wadded up tissues on it. 
possibly a bottle of NyQuil or some pills for added effect, set the barf bag on that tray as well. This tip requires a bunch of prep work. It's worth it because no one wants to sit next to somebody that's sick, especially this month. You can also try the That's Not My Baby. This one might cause some grief, and it may be more grief than it's actually worth. Give it a try. Survey the plane looking for a parent with what they say is an infant in arms. Sit in that row, leaving the middle seat open. I can almost guarantee you that that middle seat will be one of the last ones taken because nobody wants to sit next to a child that could possibly be the spawn of Satan and might possibly scream from takeoff to landing. If you pull this maneuver, make sure you have a pair of noise-canceling headphones. Like I said, this one may be worth more grief than actually having the empty seat next to you. It's up to you. If you're too lazy to do any of the above, just close your eyes, pretend you're asleep. People have a tendency not to disturb somebody that's sleeping until the very last minute, the very last seat. That's another good one. Nowadays, well, nowadays, up until this last week or so, most flights are full. You know, if there's an open seat and you apply any of the above strategies we talked about, you roughly have a 1 in 130 plus chance of having that empty seat next to you. All I can wish you is some good luck. The world is filled with creative people and social media is one way that we get to experience it. If you spend any time on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, more than likely you've seen some of these. So here's some of the best ones that I have seen. Coronavirus kills 3,000 people and we lose our mind. Heart disease is the number one killer in the world and we put fried chicken between two donuts. Thanks, KFC. If you get pulled over by the police, just start coughing. See if that gets you on live PD. Here's another one. I was stuck in a long line at Walmart, so after I coughed, I said, this cough has gotten worse since I got back from China. Boom, no line. I don't know if you guys have seen this one or not, but John Travolta was hospitalized over the weekend for suspected of COVD-19. Now doctors confirmed that it was only Saturday night fever, and they assure everyone that he is staying alive. So if you're under 30, that joke may not hit home, but for me it did. If you drink Detroit tap water at some point in your life, you're immune to coronavirus. I'm not from Philly, but I understand that it is a tough crowd. So this one is, what's the most Philly response you've seen to the coronavirus? A street side vendor wiping the row of soft pretzels with a tissue after he coughed in it. And this whole disease has led to a bit of entrepreneurship. TMZ, I think, posted this. Kids selling hand sanitizer, lemonade stand remix when life gives you fears over coronavirus. Make some hand sanitizer and sell it at your lemonade stand. Two young entrepreneurs in Texas are putting a twist on the classic suburban lemonade stand by hawking bottles of hand sanitizer for three bucks a pop. These smart salespeople are cashing in on the hand sanitizer craze. As you know, people are stocking up on the stuff over fears of catching coronavirus, and stores across the country are selling out. And they're taking the extra precautions by including their Venmo. Money's dirty, they say. Hats off to you, kids. Well, that's a lot to cover, and we managed to do it in well under 30 minutes. 
Thanks for listening, safe travels, and have a great day. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.